and welcome to the Project Football Podcast in association with Luke Williamson Art. Luke Williamson Art is a family-run business producing digital art prints of iconic and famous football grounds from yesteryear, running since 2017. In this episode, I'll catch up with Rochdale fan Charlotte, co-host of the Day Away podcast. Uh, Charlotte will be taking part in the familiar features, 5 from 5, 4 for you, and Trippier through time. There's also going to be a Rochdale-based poem to round things off. Again, it's one that I wrote myself, so I hope you like it. Um, I will now hand over to myself and Charlotte in conversation. Time for kickoff. So I would like to uh, welcome to the Project Football podcast um, a double first for for the show. Not only is it the first fan of the League Two team, it's the first female fan I've had on. Charlotte, co-host of the Dale Way podcast, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. No, it's a pleasure. How are you doing? Yeah, we're all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, not too bad, but we'll see how this goes. So... As uh, I mentioned, you are a Rochdale fan and yes. you do your own podcast, um, as I say, co-host with Isabel. Isabel. Um, oh. <laughs> 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 in number nine, because obviously how long has Beasley been on number nine for? A good two seasons or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird. But he looks like a good player, very keen when he came on against Colchester. Yeah, um, definitely. And obviously, he's not played for us because, apart from when he came on, because obviously he had a suspension, what carried through yeah. from Darlington. But he did play for our reserves, what we'll talk about a little bit later. How did you come to be a Rochdale fan? So what's your sort of history with the with the team? Well... To be fair, I basically didn't have a choice. When I was born, my dad's a big Rochdale fan. So as soon as I was a baby, he put me in the kits and it just kind of went from there, really. Um, I started going when I was five years old and that was just to wave to Desmond the Dragon, our mascot, <laughs> because, yeah, and because the pies were really nice. And it was actually um, the 98-99 season where I proper, properly got into it and... Yeah, it was just, it was just something really different. And like, it's quite a, it's quite a close family club, Rochdale. And you feel part of it because it is a small club. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that's why, and obviously through my dad, why I'm still a Rochdale fan today. And so once you've caught that bug, that was it. Yeah. No, no it, turning back. Yeah, it was one of them as well. Because obviously at the time, he's, he's obviously got older now. But at the time, my dad was one of them who um, started the chants. Right. <laughs> yeah, and he was always there, like, um, boosting the on and stuff. So I think that was a bit, um, for me, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was kind of mesmerised by it. I suppose with him doing that, you sort of see him as this, not that you didn't anyway, because obviously when yeah. you're little, you see your dad as like this big, larger than life figure. But that sort of adds to, to that, you know, when it comes to the, the football, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, I've been a season ticket holder since then. Um, I started, obviously, it was just home games at first. And then my mum and dad actually split up. And it was kind of mine and my dad's thing to do at a weekend. 
where um, obviously I'd go to my dad's on a Friday night and then on Saturday, no matter if we were home or away, me and my dad would travel like all over the country supporting them. And yeah, it's it's a crazy one because a lot of people always ask me like, why Rochdale? Because there's so many clubs around the area. You've obviously got your Manchester United, Manchester Cities, you've got your Boltons and all your other clubs, but there's just something about Rochdale that just gives you just gives you a really nice warm feeling everyone's really welcoming um you feel part of it like I said because it's a small club you get to interact with the players more than you would do at a higher league and yeah as much as it can be frustrating at times I wouldn't change it that's right I'm not gonna lie Rochdale is not a club I'm overly familiar with <laughs> so and that's not me being a, a, a naive championship fan I just generally don't so I will probably learn a lot from this yeah. chat. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so you're currently in League Two. You're um, you're comfortable at the moment. You're not you're not in any danger of sort of going down. But I don't think you're going to break the playoffs from the looks of it from the, the table. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of there's been a lot of change from um, last season. We've got a new change of manager. It's his first pr- proper job in first team football. Is um, he's been familiar in the in the academies and stuff. Robbie Stockdale. It was at yeah. Sunderland. He's worked under um, David Moyes, um, Sam Allardyce. There's been a few, but it's obviously his first professional like job in um, first team football. And um, we had a big massive change as well. We've got a new chairman and board of directors because there's an ongoing issue at the minute there was a there was a hostile takeover what was set to happen and the club the club's been facing a little I won't go into the details but um it's been facing quite a lot of difficulties really and yeah I just think it's a new manager brand new players it's all changed at the minute so I think this season was always going to be a frustrating season where We need to rebuild not only on the pitch, we need to sort matters off the pitch as well. And I think even if we were up there, I think it would have been a season too soon or maybe a couple of seasons too soon. I think we just need to be comfortable, find our feet again, and then hopefully either next season or the season after, push on, hopefully get back to League One. Fingers crossed. I, I, yeah, you're saying that about maybe going up too soon. I, this Honestly, this is confusing real life with a computer game, but yeah. whenever I'm on Football Manager, if I take someone up, it's like stabilising the division, Yes, one or two seasons, then look at getting out of it the right way. Um, yeah. And for someone in like League 2, League 1, uh, I think especially more so going from League 1 to, to Championship, you find because there's teams that are coming down from the Premier with all the money, there's teams that have been there or thereabouts previously, it is a struggle for the likes of, say, Wickham last season, um, uh, Peterborough this season. Who, yeah, it, it's almost like they're. I, mean, I know it with West Brom, you know, we, we we can get out of the Championship, although we're not likely to this season. But that's another story. But when we get up to the Prem, we're more than likely going to be round about the bottom few. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, but like I say, with with your your club, you want to sort of get that, even if they finish mid table this season. Yeah. And then yeah. push on from there. I think with us as well, I think even when we were in League One, we were kind of we were kind of punching above what we are because I'll admit, I'm a Rochdale fan. We are a small club. We've not got the highest budget in the league. We have to sell players every season to survive. 
we're a fan-owned club. Um, we've always been known to um, run our club very, very well. And Keyfield did wonders with us. And it was always going to be tough staying in League One. And I think we kind of overachieved by staying in League One for so long because we are, reality is we are a League Two team. We are, a, we are that kind of club that you would recognise in League Two kind of thing. And we were actually known to have been the longest club in League Two. They actually called it the Rochdale Division at one point because <laughs> we'd never been out of, obviously, that division. And like I said, our, our highest ever league position was in League One. We've never been past that. And I would love to, I would love to have ambitions and say we could get to the championship maybe in time, like you've teams like your Bournemouth and stuff who have gone from obviously. Yeah, gone the from bottom, the bottom and worked their way up. Gone to the top. But just looking from just having a bit of a reality check, I can't see that happening. And that's not me just being like a Debbie Downer. I just I just think we're kind of, we are a League Two, maybe League One side, personally. You never know, 10 years' time, you've been, you know, yeah. three or four seasons in each division. You never know, you might have yeah. that one season in the sun. And that's like, like, like Wickham, when they come up, um, you know, they're not likely to get to the Premier League anytime soon. And that's no disrespect to Wickham because... I do like them. I've had a great away day there with, with Starbridge in the cup a few years ago. Brilliant club. Um, but they would probably see the championship as their Premier League. Would, would you say that's fair with Rochdale as well? Yeah, to be fair. To be fair, definitely. Like, even just being in League One, it's like the difference from being, and no disrespect to other teams, but from going to your, when Macclesfield were a team, obviously going to your Macclesfield away, to then walking out, to when Southampton were obviously in League One at the time, from going from that ground to obviously St Mary's, it's just like wow. Yeah. So, so it's just crazy, and I'd obviously I'd love one day to be in a Championship. I really would, and that would be like being in the Premier League. It really would. And plus, some of the teams that are in there at the moment, you know, I, mean, I ain't going to go through now because be here all night. But there's a lot of them that have been in the Prem come yeah. down and not being able to get back up there. And the likewise yeah. in, in League One to a degree. I mean, um, Sunderland, uh, yeah, Bolton as well. Teams. Yeah, there's some massive teams in League One. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like even in League League Two, you've got obviously your Swindons. They were once yeah. a big club. You've obviously got um, Bradford. Yes. Tranmere as well. And even some of the clubs in League Two compared to obviously your Rochdales and stuff. It's just... It's just crazy. Some of the massive clubs who are obviously down there and have struggled. I think uh, I was looking at the league table before. I think you've got like the likes of Oldham and Scunthorpe down the bottom of the league. So haven't you moved like Oldham, you know, 20 odd years ago, we're in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're our rivals, Oldham. But I do feel very sorry for them, what they're going through at the minute. And I wouldn't, it's, it's not nice to see them struggle, obviously. Being the local rivals and stuff, you want to see them struggle on the pitch, but you yeah. don't want bad to happen to them. And you um, wouldn't want them to go out of business like Berry no, did. no, of course not. And it, it was the same for Berry as well. It's like more in recent times, we had more of a rivalry with Berry than Oldham because we just happened to be in similar divisions, us and Berry. Yeah. But um, my cousins were both season ticket holders at Berry, and I know a lot of Berry fans as well. And just seeing what happened to their club. It's and a lot of the north. It's a lot of the northwest clubs as well. It's 
it's not fair. It's really not fair. So the money doesn't seem to come down too far from the top, does it? When you see there's players on three, four hundred yes. grand a week, it's like one of their week's wages could stabilise a club, uh, say league to or conference level for maybe a season. Yeah, it's honestly crazy, and it's like for us this season. Um, I wouldn't say we were struggling for money, but we had a massive boost um, because we got televised in the FA Cup second round against Plymouth. Yes. We- yeah, we didn't go through, but um, we got quite a bit of money for it because it was an ITV and that really helped during our January transfer window. We managed to sign um, two non-league strikers, um, the top scorer, the top scorers in non-league. And we just, it just managed to secure us so we could like, we could have a good January. And it's been, I'd say, I'd say it's been one of the most successful January transfer windows I've seen since being a Rochdale fan. We did yeah. a lot of business, which is it's quite refreshing to see, really. It really is. I say when you're spending, well, anything, I suppose, yeah. on players, it's a bonus, isn't it? So, rather than having to rely, rely on loans, freebies. Yeah, of course. That sort of thing. So, um, so again, as mentioned earlier, you co-host uh, a rock style podcast called the dale way um with i'm guessing a, a friend isabel yeah yeah it, it's mental um, me and isabel actually we had the same idea we didn't actually know each other personally but we came across each other on twitter and we both had the same idea but we weren't really sure whether to pursue it or not and then rochelle actually partnered and shown their support towards uh, her game two campaign yeah and as soon as that came out, me and Isabel just thought, do you know what? We, we'll just do it. We'll, we'll try something new. And it's basically just a podcast about all things Rochdale. It's got match analysis on. It's got news on, interviews. We get some of the away fans leading up to fixtures. But the only difference is it's from her point of view instead yeah. of, obviously, because we just... We just wanted to try something different because we've, us Rochdale fans have actually got quite a lot of um, podcasts, but they're all from like a male's point of view, which is honestly brilliant. But we just wanted to try and, we just wanted to try and freshen it up and just make people think that it is for girls as well. Like girls can have their opinions as well as obviously males. And yeah, we just wanted to normalise the fact that girls can like football, really. Definitely. I mean, I've got... uh... (laughs) two young daughters and I would love for them to get into football if they don't so be it it won't be through <laughs> lack of trying put it that way um that you say you've got the the her game two campaign as well which is doing absolute wonders for um you know getting the message across that females are allowed to have an opinion on football they are allowed to like it without being having the comments thrown at them yeah you know, which I, I won't drag up because yeah, yeah. We know what they are. Yeah, and of course. They're, they're, they're horrible. Yeah. And yeah, it, football's a game for everyone. It's the people's game. Yeah, it really is. And we wanted to try and um, because Isabel's the same where she's obviously been going from a dad, going with a dad, sorry, at a young age. I have too. But we just want to get out of the habit of like just guys going. Like, I'd love to see a mom, a dad, and like their daughter and son going and just yeah. just kind of things like that and Rochdale have been really supportive with us as well we've got our own feature in the um, match day program 
which yeah, is just how did that come about <laughs> honestly it's just mesmerizing um because obviously I've been collecting programs since I was a little girl so we we'd released a couple of obviously our um podcast episodes and I actually got an email from um, the program editor Mark and he just said would you fancy you and Isabel doing a regular feature in the program <laughs> as soon as I got this email I messaged Isabel and we both just voice noted each other like what, what? But you couldn't say yes quick enough could you the fact that the club no, had got honestly, in touch with you honestly we was like I was staring at my phone like with my mouth open <laughs> like what is this real and it's a, it sounds mental because it just seems like a little thing but to obviously like me and Isabel it's just like wow <laughs> it's like a bit like a dream come true really it really is you've gone from starting your own your own podcast which yeah. I think was what the back end of last year was it yeah it was only um it was just before Christmas I think it was the end of October early November so we've not been doing it long at all yeah. and then within a few months you got a feature in the program so that's a hell of a step isn't it and fair yeah. play to you honestly um like I said the club itself have been so supportive and um They've basically said if any of us need any help, they'll do whatever they can. And yeah, they've just been amazing, really. And um, our chairman actually sent before before we did our first episode and we had the idea, our chairman actually sent us both a message and just wished us good luck, which I thought was really, really nice. Brilliant. And that, yeah, that's one of the reasons as well. I just think I love supporting the club because it is a friendly club and you obviously get you obviously get your idiots like any other football club do, but yeah. everyone's so supportive of each other. Like no matter if um, it's a player, if it's the chairman, if it's another fan, if it's someone who just works at the club, everyone see everyone seems really friendly and they like it when good things happen. And in any way we can, we just want to really spread positivity because it looks good on the club as well. Because like I said, Rochdale in particular, they don't get high crowds because we've obviously got the higher teams around us. So any any good and positive feedback that does come from this, or if we can inspire someone to come and watch Rochdale, it's just another fan, really, and they might tell somebody else. And hopefully it will get the crowds up. So you spread the word. It's like you get more yeah. people through the doors. They might, you know, they'll get a programme. They might um, yeah. get food there, what have you. It, it, it's all money. Yeah, going exactly. towards the club to keep a, a, a smaller club. No disrespect. No, no. But, you know, keep you ticking over. Yeah, that's true. And it's like them few extra fans and like I say, like the money from television, that means we don't have to sell a player. Maybe we get to keep a player for a few more months or we can offer another player a contract. And it sounds silly, but that's the way actually we run. We can obviously like, we do have to sell players each season. Yeah to survive and just like I said just the extra crowd or if obviously we play a higher team and they bring a higher crowd if we get put on television it just means that we might get to keep a player for like an extra even if it's an extra six months or so (laughs) that player could then that could be the difference between I don't know if you're in a relegation battle going down and staying up or going up automatically If you're looking for a football quiz book with over 700 questions, as well as chapters on football in lockdown and the Diary of a Memorabilia Collector, then look no further than Football for Brains 21 by Stephen End. 
a donation from the sale of each book goes to the Scores Project, which looks into the link between dementia and footballers and football-related head injuries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how lower league works. It really is. It's like the, the one that springs to mind for me, um, being a West Brom fan, Craig Dawson. Yeah, it's it's surreal seeing Craig Dawson Dawson, and obviously like the Premier League now. He's always been one of my favourite players. But um, because he's actually a Rochdale fan as well, it's just we all have his back and we all really want him to do well. And when it has scored recently... All my Twitter is just full of what Rochdale fans <laughs> just cheering him on. <laughs> I was gonna say, the last thing he did for us um, scored a header against the Villa, which anyone who scores a goal against them is is a hero. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We lost on penalties in the playoffs, but the fact that he took it got us to get that far. Yeah, you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let him off. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much covered your sort of football history and. The, your podcast side of things. Now on to a bit of randomness. Yep. Um, five from five. So I've got five blocks of 10 questions, yep. numbered one to 10. Uh, pick a number for each one and we'll, we'll see what happens. Or Unless otherwise answers are sort of Rochdale players. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, what's your first one? I'm going to go for number nine. It's my lucky number. <laughs> Okay, right. Number nine in the first one is, if your team didn't play where they do, what ground would you like to play at as your home ground? Oh. I'm going to try and be realistic here. I'm not going to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> we won't get the crowds. But um... That's not the burnabout then, no? No. <laughs> as much as I'd love to. <laughs> um. I re- do you know what it sounds even bad because obviously like it is a big ground as well but I actually quite like the feeling of you I like Tranmere's ground I okay. like I like Tranmere's ground because I've just got a bit of a soft spot for Tranmere to be honest I get on a lot I get on really well with the fans and even though obviously we've not played each other very much they always seem to have a soft spot for Rochdale and this season in particular even though we are further down than we should be, they've said they we've been one of the best teams to play football against. And yeah, I've just got a soft spot for Tranmere, so I'm going to go with um, Tranmere's ground. So Rochelle are going from Scotland to Prenton Park then? Yeah, it's not far to travel then either, is it? I was say it's not a million miles away, is it? Yeah, exactly. We'll keep it local. Uh, that's fair <laughs> change. Oh, right, uh, block number two. What are we going for? Um... don't know which number seven right uh is surviving relegation or winning the division would you prefer to do it on the last day or with a few matches to spare oh this is a tough one because we have i've actually put one of the games in a for later but I'd probably rather do it with a few games to spare because I am quite an anxious person <laughs> and it would save me so much trouble of like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just the fright of it really. And yeah, I'd, 
even though we have been there before and when we have survived it's been a great feeling we have also been there where we have been relegated as well yeah so yeah with a few games to spare definitely <laughs> I was say, you'd have been no good in the 0405 season from our point of view <laughs> that's it's probably something i mentioned before and if you yeah. are familiar with it with our great escape where there was four yeah. three from four could have gone down and i think every team at some point between us norwich what? Uh, Southampton and Palace everyone had been safe yeah yeah over the course of the <laughs> afternoon it was just I do remember that but, I do remember and that was before the days when everyone could get like the the live scores on the phone so you had very few people with the you know the 3G's it was then everyone's got their FM radios and it's like <laughs> almost like a a surge went through the ground when people were hearing that we'd stayed up you know when you're sort of gradually turning the yeah. volume up on something yeah. that was yeah. mental <laughs> crazy yeah that last day nothing like it so that was that was section two wasn't it so section three um four ah this is one i don't think's come up before so this will be an interesting one uh you're in court accused of a crime you didn't commit which player do you have as your legal representative oh Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with our captain, Owen O'Connell. Okay. And I just think he's very, he seems very switched on, very knowledgeable. Of, obviously, he's a captain of the foot of obviously Rochdale. And yeah, I just think he represents them in a great way. So he'll represent me in a good way as well. <laughs> so you think he'd be the one with all the legal knowledge and he'd, he'd yeah. get, you, yeah. get you off yeah. scot free? Uh, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, right, number, well, section four. I'm going to go for one. Uh, which Rochdale player's career do you think would make a good TV series and what would it be called? Oh. Hmm, this is a tough one. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Liam Kelly. Um, we've just signed him, but we actually signed him from, I think it was... Bionard. <laughs> okay. So I just think that's mental. And oh, what would I call it? Hmm. Oh, what would I call it? This is a really tough one. Is Feyenoord, is that is that Rotterdam? Yeah. It could just yeah. be from, from Rotterdam to Rochdale. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good example. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, my Dutch geography isn't the best. And if that is wrong, then I may well have pissed off a few Dutch fans. But yeah, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't sound appealing, no, really, that show, does it? Imagine from Rotterdam to Rochdale. So if it was going the other way around, you'd be like, okay, yeah, a, a trip to the old. Netherlands. Yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Um, all right, the last section on this then. Um, what's your What's your pick? Have I said number three? Uh, you can double up on numbers. If that's, oh, can I? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you'd wanted number one from everyone, that's... That's fine, but right, I'll go for I'll go for number nine again. Okay, um, which Rochdale player, past or present, would could you see as a teacher, and what subject would they teach? Oh, I would probably say Ian Henderson, because as well as obviously playing for Rochdale, he had his own business as well, and I just think, like I said, for Bowen O'Connell, he's very knowledgeable, but Ian Henderson. Ian Henderson himself, 
Do you know what? I'd, I'd say PE because it does Herbalife. It's very like all about fitness. Um, it likes going to the gym and stuff like that. Really tries to push himself. So yeah, I'd say I'd say more PE or like science, like sports science kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, Ian Henderson. So be one of those old school PE teachers that's in t-shirt and shorts no matter yes. what the weather. <laughs> With a protein shake. <laughs> that's it, it's always, it, it's, that bottle's never yeah. empty. <laughs> so that, well, that was, uh, that's the, the randomness out of the way for, for five from five. And yeah, there's, like there's some that. interesting ones there, yeah. Yeah, I liked that one. <laughs> uh, okay, um, moving on to the next bit is yeah. four for you. Um, yeah. I'll explain it for anyone who's listening for the first time. Um, Charlotte has been asked to pick five matches uh, from any period in football, any team, could be uh, international, could be league, whatever, and to experience that match from a certain player's point of view. Yeah. So do you want to get going with your first one? Yeah, well, mine are all to do with Rochdale. They've either got Rochdale links or they are Rochdale games. Yeah. And um, my first one, is going to be from 2008 and it was the playoff semi-final and we actually won 2-1 against Darlington but it was free all on aggregate and um, this would take us to the playoff final at Wembley against our rivals Stockport who were massive local rivals at the time and we had a penalty shootout and we actually won 5-4 on penalties and a player called Ben Muirhead took the final penalty for Rochdale and it was a really frustrating season for Ben Muirhead it was quite it was quite a good player but just that one season he was just really frustrating he was always stop start in the team and just to score that winning penalty and then have all the fans running on the pitch and just having that frustrating season I would just like to have experienced and known what he was thinking at the time. <laughs> he's just... gone through that with the, like missing yeah. however many matches and then that yeah, final but... moment. Yeah, yeah. Now Ben Muirhead has the chance to make Rochdale history. They've never been to Wembley while they're going now. The club centenary and the club will take on either Stockport or Barnet. Under the famous arch on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, my second one was from September 2010. And it was actually our first season in League One. And we did the double over Southampton. It actually, at the time, got back-to-back promotions to the Premier League. And it was at St Mary's and we beat Southampton 2-0 away. And Gary Jones, our captain, who... Every Rochdale fan loves Gary Jones. He's like, he's like our idol. And if you ask most, most football, most Rochdale fans, sorry, who their favourite player is of all time, they will probably say Gary Jones. And just like I mentioned before, going from certain away to certain grounds to then going to St Mary's and seeing your club captain score the winner against yeah. Southampton, it was just, I would love to have known what he was thinking at that time. <laughs> I suppose he's a bit of a cult hero then, is he, at Rochdale? Yeah, honestly, um, he actually signed for Barnsley and then came back to Rochdale and it's just, we all love him. We all love him. Captain Gary Jones has made more appearances for Rochdale than any other player, over 400 in total. O'Grady kept the ball in. 
building. Jones! That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones! And yet again, very much against the run of play, Rochdale have scored. Um, my, sec- my third one, sorry, is May 2018. And it was the last game of the season and we needed to win. And we needed Northampton to be Oldham. So then we'd stay up in League One. And it was just the story behind it as well. Joey Thompson, who had just beaten cancer for the second time, got substituted on and he actually scored the winner against Charlton and that that honestly secured our um, spot in League One for another season but it also sent Oldham down to League Two and just just the whole story and then Joey Thompson obviously having beaten cancer for the second time come on and score that goal was just honestly like I've I've got goosebumps now thinking about it. So just, yeah, just being him, it must have been like, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, to beat it once is miraculous enough, but to do it twice and come back to be a professional yeah. sportsman, then, I, I yeah, you've got to yeah. add off just, to him. And that, that takes some strength crazy. of character for sure. Yeah, really, it really was. And the fact as well, obviously, it sent our rivals down. And we just stayed up. It was it was crazy. Well, this is in the middle. Was there a push in there from Conser? The referee has a look and says no. And now it's Thompson. Um, my fourth one was from the 25th of September 2019, and it was in the EFL Cup, and we played Manchester United, and um, obviously they were one nil up. It was. It was nearly time for the game to end and 16-year-old Luke Luke Matheson scored against them and it was just mental because just this little, I don't want to be like patronising or anything, but this just little boy on the pitch scoring against Manchester United and it was crazy. The fans went wild. We unfortunately lost on penalties but it was mental. And the funniest thing is as well, he actually had a psycho, I think it was a psychology exam the next day after scoring at Old Trafford. <laughs> it was just crazy. I think you hear stories like that, don't you? Like, especially yeah. with young players coming through, just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just go and score at Old Trafford on the Tuesday night, take a GCSE on the Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. it'll be all right. It was, honestly, it was just mental. It's clipped across towards that far post, and the young right back's coming in and scores. Luke Matheson, the 16-year-old, equalises for League One Rochdale. And um, my last game was the 29th of December 2020, and it wasn't specifically a Rochdale one, but it was Craig Dawson's debut for West Ham, and it was against Southampton away. And I just think from... Obviously, he's played for West Brom as well. He's played for Watford. But I just think from going from Radcliffe Borough to Rochdale and then playing at West Ham. And he actually got man of the match on his debut as well. I was, I'd just like to know what he was feeling at that point because it's like, whoa, kind of thing. It's quite a journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. He's really humble as well, Craig Dawson. Um, I've met him a couple of times and he's, he's a really nice, genuine lad. So it is nice for someone who is nice to be doing so well.
especially someone from like your area as well you know when you're sitting and with Actually, them you say he was a Dale fan as well yeah yeah we don't have many of them so it's always good Actually, I, I can add him to the list of famous fans I'll put at the start of this yeah do that so yeah um I mean doors for us he got deployed as a right back mostly for some reason yeah under Pulis and even though he, he, he's, he's got the build of a centre off which obviously is where he's played for Watford um, yeah. and, and for West Ham now but for some reason, and I don't want to go on about the baseball cap too much. Yeah, but you like to play centre halves at fullback. Yeah, I think yeah. the one the one game we had Johnny Evans left, Dawson right, and Lescott and Jonas Olsen in the middle. Yeah, none of them really blessed for pace. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to if you want to watch centre halves, watch highlights of us under Tony Pulis. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do that if as it, well. <laughs> if you could have picked eleven of them, I'm sure he would have, even in goal. <laughs> so uh, that's a, that's your that's your five games, and like I said, they're all I think all are all apart from the one, but he's a Dale yeah, lad. So Dale links to them, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll let him off again because he's one that's played for us as well. Yeah. <laughs> I you do like. You can't argue with Dawes, can you? He's actually in um he's actually in the next one as well in my team. <laughs> I've got a massive soft spot for him. That's, that's fair enough. So moving on to. Trippier through time. Um, yeah. And again, for anyone who hasn't heard this feature before, uh, Charlotte has picked her favourite 11 for Rochdale, using players between the 1960s and the 2020s. But yeah. the kicker for this is she can only choose a maximum of two players from any decade. So that's where, uh, that's, that's the curveball that's thrown in for this one. It's not your normal one to 11. So do you want to, Far away, who are we starting off with in the sticks? I'll start with, and I, I will admit, I did have to ask my dad for this one, <laughs> but um, it was Mike Poole, and he's a goalkeeper, and he was in the 70s. Okay. Um, my defender is Craig Dawson from the noughties, we'll call it. <laughs> my other defender is Dave Sutton from the 80s, and he actually became one of um, Rochdale's managers. Um, defender, again, is Owen O'Connell, and he's playing now. So he's from the 20s. Corey O'Keefe, who's playing now from the 20s. Um, midfielder Gary Jones from the 90s. That's the one you um, mentioned earlier on, is it? Gary yeah, Jones? yeah. Yeah. Legend. Um, Jason Peake as well from the 90s. He's a midfielder. Um, Ollie Rathbone is a midfielder and he's from the 10s. So it's like it's a 4 3 3. Okay. And um, my forwards are Ian Henderson from the 10s. Yeah. Then I've got David Cross from the 60s, who actually went on to play for West Ham. And he's from where I'm from as well, in Haywood. <laughs> I think I've heard <laughs> the name, to be honest. But yeah, I don't, I could yeah. Be that up, to be fair. <laughs> His daughter plays cricket as well for England, Kate Cross. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So a very sporting family then. <laughs> yeah. And my last one is Reg Jenkins. He's from the 60s, but I obviously don't know him. I've never seen him play football, but... I can't argue with the fact that he's Rochdale's record league goal scorer. So I just had to go with him. You've got no choice then, really, have you? <laughs> yeah. Um, my manager as well was had to pick him. Um, he just did wonders with Rochdale. Highest ever league finish, Keith Hill, and he was from the noughties. <laughs> I was going to say, at least for the manager, you could have sort of gone for anyone, but someone who's yeah. done that much for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's funny because on that, a lot of people so far have gone with four four two. So you've mixed it up a little bit there. Yeah, or three three. <laughs> yeah. Who would be the captain for for that bunch? I would have to go with, even though Ian Henderson was a great captain for Rochdale, I would just have to, and he's a club legend as well, I would have to go with Gary Jones because he just represented us for so many years. He was that voice that you needed, you know, just a perfect captain. He wouldn't shy to get stuck in. He would just, he wasn't shy to say something if a player weren't playing great. It would just like, yeah, it was just a great role model for a captain. Sort of wears his heart on his sleeve type of player. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Would you have an assistant to Keith Hill or just him in sole charge? Ooh, assistant. This is a tough one because as a duo, I would have always said, because obviously Keith Hill did wonders with us and his assistant with David Flitcroft. So I'd love them as a duo, but who else do I like? I do quite like um, Jimmy Shannon we've got at the minute, to be honest. Yes. I think, yeah, I do. I do really like him. He comes across quite, yeah, he comes across quite well, but at the same time, is that kind of person who you wouldn't want to start a fight with or have an argument with because he does look quite tough. <laughs> so Maybe it's the bald head that does it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because with him, the last I knew, he was, um, who was it, Kitty or Solly? It, it, it was one of them. It was I didn't realise he'd made, made the switch. I'm sure we did. I'm sure he came from Solar Hill for us. I'm sure yeah. we did. So he's had a few jobs around here and now he's he's moved up north. Yeah, with Robbie Stockdale. They're a great pair, to be honest. Yeah, I, I hope they do really well. They seem yes. really nice guys as well. So he had, I mentioned it to you um, previously, didn't know he was in charge for us for a little bit after he was assistant to Darren Moore after he got sacked. Yeah. yeah. So we were still in fourth when he took the job and we finished in fourth so he's consistent if nothing else yeah <laughs> so if you want to finish where you are now in the league give give Jimmy <laughs> Shan the job full time he'll still keep you there <laughs> but that's all the features that I've got so I think all we need to do now is sort of find out where people can find uh, your podcast um, Spotify the usual places presumably yeah of course well we're under the Dale way and we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're actually on YouTube as well. We've got a YouTube channel. And on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram, just, just all the socials, really. It's literally anywhere you look on the internet, you're going to be there. Yeah, find us anywhere. <laughs> and it's all under the, the Dale Way. The Dale Way, yeah. yeah. So I can't imagine that's a title that a lot of people have, have chosen, to be fair. It's not like you've got to choose like the Dale Way 7 or something like that. Really funny, actually, because we couldn't, we, at first we were struggling for a name. And we're actually watching a game and we were like, oh, typical Dale, it's the Dale way. We always concede. And then we was like, for Dale that way. That, that light bulb <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit more original than what I've called this, but yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's in a name? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all that's left for me to say now is, Charlotte, thank you for joining us on the Project Football Podcast and best of luck with your show going forward and with the, uh, the link with the Her Game 2 campaign. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me on. And um, it's been a pleasure. It really has. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Oh, thank you very much. Right, cheers. Uh, so here's some facts and bits and bobs uh, about Rochdale. Uh, founded in 1907, 
Uh, they play at the Spotland Stadium or Crown Oil Arena, if you prefer, with a capacity of just over 10,000. Uh, the current manager is Robbie Stockdale. Uh, record scorer is Reg Jenkins with 119 uh, between 1964 and 1973. Uh, record appearance holder is Gary Jones with 464. Uh, there's been two spells between 98 and 2001. Uh, and then 2004 to 2012. Record Football League win is 8-1 versus Chesterfield in December 1926. Uh, record win in the FA Cup, 8-2 versus Crook Town in the first round in November 1927. Uh, record League Cup win was 5-1 versus Carlisle United in the first round first leg in August 1991. Uh, the record transfer fee paid it was 150000 to Stoke City for Paul Connor in 2001. And the highest fee received was a million pounds from Wolverhampton Wanderers for Luke Matheson in 2020. Uh, players who have played for both Rochdale and my team, West Brom, uh, got Craig Dawson, Paul Downing, Ricky Lambert, David Cross and Tony Ford. Uh, famous fans uh, got Craig Dawson um, is actually a Rochdale fan, the player, so he got to live the dream of playing for his boyhood club. Uh, comedian Tommy Cannon and singer Lisa Stansfield. Right, so the poem for this episode, obviously relating to, to Rochdale, it's called Surviving relegation, the day away. Here goes. On the 5th of May 2018, the fans of Rostow will savour what they've seen. After 45 games and safety precarious, they welcomed the addicts. The outcomes are various. At one point in the season, Dale were 12 adrift. By match 45, they'd cut that deficit. One point in it going into the last game, either Oldham or Rochdale at full-time relegation would claim. The Owls were at Sixfields to play Northampton. Cobblers were as good as down before today. Around half an hour in, and news filters through. Oldham are winning. That will not do. Going into half-time and Northampton strike back. Taking the lead, putting Dale back on track. 55 gone, Oldham draw level, and they go back safe. Rochdale fans hear about this. They feel less than great. Keith Hill's team are back in the drop zone, but wait. What's this twist? A fortunate turn. Joe Thompson nets from 12 yards out, putting Rochdale in the lead. Now the fans can shout. It couldn't have been someone more deserving to score. Joe has beaten cancer twice before. Time ticks away and the home fans are nervous. As things stand, they're up, but not certain. The whistle blows for time and Oldham could only draw. As Rochdale won for them, it's the right score. Keith Hill's charges stay in League One. After 46 games, that's another season done. There'll be links for uh, Luke Williamson's website and also the Football for Brains uh, book uh, where you can find that to, to buy uh, in the episode description. Uh, there's also going to be links relating to the episode's guest as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the podcast. I massively appreciate it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so via email at projfoot at gmail.com, uh, Twitter at proj underscore foot. 
uh, Instagram at Project Football Podcast and Facebook at facebook.com slash projectfootball. Once again, thank you very much for listening. We've now reached full time. Goodbye and take care. <laughs>